0: Well, still plenty of news circling around the AFL scene, Paul, and no one better to tell us uh, about his view on the grand final and a couple of those issues. And John Ralph from the Herald Sun and Fox 40. Morning, John, how are you? Hello, guys. Great to be with you. Yeah, it was a a tough grand final for for the journalist who was
1: trying to find... The magical moment from that game. So I sat there for two and a half hours watching it. Being, there's not a lot of magic here, but <laughs> it was a uh, it was a one-sided encounter, and there were magical moments. Let's face it. It was a yeah, it was a pretty old, um, a scrappy old game. But at least for the likes of Joel Selwood and a couple of great Tom Hawkins goals early on, and then the procession of goals for the likes of Brandon Parfitt coming in as a sub and Sam goal kicking his first goal in his career from centre half back. Yeah, there were some. There were some great moments, and, of course, there are incredible narratives, like uh, Patrick Dangerfield with his first flag and that, that legacy-defining flag. But the magical moment, yeah, I had, to, I had to work pretty hard to find it.
0: Just, uh, John, one issue that uh, I haven't been able to get an answer for. What do you think happened to the Swans? I mean, I've never seen a team, uh, you know, that good, sort of whenever they got the ball. They seemed to have no options where to go. Was it a masterful tactical performance by Chris Scott, or was they just totally off their game? Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's an amazing
1: question because they're, they're not a side that's flaky. They're not a side like Adelaide who, you know, didn't believe in himself back in the 2017 grand final. You know, I, I think sometimes what happens in a grand final as well is it's, it's such a sense of finality. So you get that, you know, you get that 30 points down and you realise that, that it's over for the year and it's just incredible to, to, to it's incredibly tough to fight back and you just drop your bundle. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I think from a, just a, a really um, simple forward strategy perspective, you know, Lance Franklin got smashed again, um, you know, they didn't have much in Hayden McLean, who came in, of course, you know, as a quite as a shock selection there. And their small forwards couldn't get going. And so the Geelong forwards repelled that ball and it just was impossible for them to score. And then, as I say, when that blowout came, you know, they just, they, they really fell away. Um, yeah, it, it happens a lot in grand finals. Mm. It was so disappointing and you just never would have expected it from such a well-coached, you know, mature Sydney side with a great blend of experience and, and, uh, and youthful exuberance. Yeah, it was a shock, and it was um, yeah, it was a tragedy from a football perspective because it was ma- it made it for a terrible game.
2: John, when are you expecting to have a uh, a call from Joel Selwood about season twenty
1: twenty three? I would think tomorrow, guys, and so uh, you know you make making that what you will. Um, yeah, I think he's always timed his moment. Um, I, I think he's absolutely playing well enough to to go around again. Um, you know, I think he, he talked about, you know, I could, the season could have gone on four more da- four more weeks. So, you know, it's great in body and great of mind. But I think when you get to a stage where you have absolutely nothing left to prove in the game, um, you know, it's just such a perfect way to go out, you know, for, for everything that he did on the field. And, and the way that his legacy was changed off the field, you know, you, you know, with Sammy the water boy, you know, with the way that he gave his boots to the, um, the Kick kid, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's as perfect a way as there is for him. So let's face it, a player who has had really, provoked really strong reactions across his career. If you said to a lot of people across the industry, Joel Selwood, ducker, that would be the first thing that they would think about, you know. And I know that that might sound comical, but that, um, for all of his greatness, you know, he just polarised so many people because of the way that he got head-high free kicks. And so, you know, when when you find that perfect time to retire, yeah, I mean... There's nothing official yet, but I think if you uh, yeah if you had a dollar on it, you'd just suggested by the end of the week he might have um, gone off into whatever it is that, that challenges him in the the second half of his uh, of, of his life.
0: Well, you're dead right, uh, Ralphie. I've never seen a bloke sort of, as you say, gone from being known as a ducker to sainthood in the in the space of half an hour after the grand final. I mean, he was running Mary MacKillop a close second. Um, so perceptions can change very quickly uh, in this particular world. Now, speaking of, speaking of perceptions, uh, the situation at Collingwood, there seems to be some... Uh, confusion as to whether the contract presented to Jordan Goey contains very vague um, behavioural clauses in them, or whether in fact they're quite specific and normal for employment contracts. Have you have an idea about what in fact is being produced to uh, Jordan?
1: Yeah, I have, and, and to be honest, you know, even on uh, on the on the couch on Monday, you know, we, we were unsure about what those clauses were, and we were unsure why why it was such a game breaker for him. But having made a few more calls, you know, yesterday morning, yeah, you know, they, they are pretty specific clauses. They are very specific clauses. They are, they have been watered down a couple of times, and so I'm sure maybe at the start of those contract talks, it was, you know, well, Collingwood could do whatever they want. You know, could, could could sort of march him out of the building for for um, you know, for whatever they believed mm. to be the case, and yet. Yeah, it, it, it's been put to me that they are those standard employment clauses. Now, if you're Jordan and you're, um, you've are you got a history, you've got a, 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 a chequered past as long as he has, you're probably very keen to try and, um, you know, have those clauses scrapped. But if, you're gonna, if you want to do that, you've probably got to go to St Kilda. You know, I think it's got to the stage now where Collingwood are sick of it. They're sick of him being managed by his brother-in-law, which is not an ideal scenario. And they believe that, you know, that it's uh, contributed to some of this, you know, some of the negotiations that they probably have dragged on longer than they should have. And um, I think it's getting to the stage where they're saying, if Jordan wants a, an unfettered contract that has absolutely no behavioural clauses, well, he's going to. Well, they're happy for him to walk away. It'd be a hammer blow for them. We know that they're bringing in Dan McStay, the, the Brisbane free agent. And for those that that aren't uh, aware of the the, the micro of, of free agency, if you bring in a free agent and you lose a free agent, it's basically you know cancels itself out. So they'd almost lose Jordan for nothing. Maybe they might get a late fourth or fifth round pick, but um, but when you know how but but every time Jordan in the last season let alone the last 8 years has had time off he's had an incident whether it's in Bali whether it's in New York there is no way
2: the Collingwood board can um, can mandate a contract for him that doesn't have have some safety provisions for themselves John it doesn't appear as though it's going to be an off season uh, yeah, as far as AFL news is concerned the Hawthorne racism saga is going to to drag on We had Gil McLaughlin's wish last week that it would probably last six to eight weeks. But what we now know, or what we think we know, is it looks as though it's going to last an awful lot longer. And there is every possibility that Chris Fagan and and Alistair Clarkson won't be available to coach round one in season 2023. That's correct, yeah. Uh,
1: More revelations, or the the actual Hawthorne review was... um, Published in full by Mark Robinson and the Herald Sun and all the newscore papers uh, today. Now, there's an accusation there from one of the the, the assistant coaches that you know that that, that um, the business or the uh, the conduct was like the Russian mafia. So it's easy it's easy to throw around those really strong terms. Now there was you know speculation going around. Gee, has Brisbane already considered whether they should uh, um, uh, uh, approach some assistant coaches? Now the the mood from Brisbane uh, on Monday was emphatic. No. Chris Fagan is our coach. He will be exonerated. We will he will we will have him back for round one. But as you say, even if he's exonerated, the timing is going to be really uh, difficult. Uh, I, I don't think the, the first families nations involved, you know, have even accepted the fact of who would be on that panel. Um, you know, and I think if you're a, a first nations person, you could feel that that you've been hard done by by the AFL before. You know, the Eddie Betts scenario, even you know, but all the way back, in you know, the the um, the King Kong scenario as well they don't feel like Indigenous or First Nations people have been treated satisfactorily. They don't feel like, you know, um, uh, non-Indigenous people have been penalised sufficiently. And so, you know, I think the, the very strong mood across the, the Indigenous population of the AFL and, and the wider population is that, yeah, that they want to see justice done. Now, now, what that justice is, I'm not sure. Um, all we would say is there is a presumption of innocence for, for the likes of Chris Fagan and co, but it just uh, illustrates how what a difficult and what a dangerous... Uh, processes will be for, for all parties.
0: And, John, we were talking uh, this morning earlier on the show about uh, Gil McLaughlin and his, uh, I think, uh, suggestion that perhaps he should stay on uh, whilst um, this was being sorted out. But if it's going to drag on, is that still realistic? When do you expect the new CEO of the AFL to be announced? Uh, he would have been hoped to have... I'm trying to think uh, the Maldives, Positano... <laughs> um, yes, somewhere um, in Europe. or in Melbourne...
1: Yeah, exactly. He would have hoped to have been out of this uh, situation, you know, um, when he um, when he made the decision. I think it was April that he was moving on. Yeah, he has committed to the AFL, but not only has he got obviously the, this this saga. Um, he wouldn't say it through to the fullness of every um, uh, court action because that, unfortunately, could go on for years. Mm. But very much he's committed to, um, to being there, at least with the, with the AFL's new pay deal, which will, will take months to broker anyway. And so he'll be there at least until Christmas, at least until this review has been handed down. He, just to think of the, 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 how complicated this situation is. You know, I mean, even Lee Matthews used to say to players, I don't want you guys having um, pregnancies that would run into an AFL final series. But that was just commonly accepted. Now, I think Clarkson has been very strong on that as well, about players having, you know, babies mid-season. Now, what if one, the testimony has been that, you know, that, that some of these First Nations wives felt like they were pressured into having, you know, uh, miscarriages or terminations? Now, clearly, if there's any any testimony that someone has said, you should, miscarri- you should terminate your baby, well, it's game it over. But what if the, they took an inference from, you know, yeah. one of Clarkson's, Suggestions. Come on, guys, you know, we can't be having babies in September. You know, even that, that grey area. So, you know, it's going to come down to nuance. It's going to come down to interpretation. If there is any testimony, as I say, that is a smoking gun, well, you know, these coaches are, are not long for this AFL world. And yet I just get the feeling it's going to be so messy, it's going to be so... Um, yeah, you know, that that the coaches would have reasonable explanations for some of what they did, and yet if the, if there is a feeling that the, these people were pressured into breaking up from their families, well, you know it's game over. You know there um yeah it's going to come down to those kind of things, that I, and I fear that we're never going to get an absolutely crystal clear picture of what was it whatever was said.
2: Ralphie, uh, yeah, your your season now comes to a conclusion with us. We've had the exit meeting. You weren't there, but you're invited back for next <laughs> season because we loved on having re- you on board. On as our pay, unfortunately, we didn't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it's not a salary. Though. It's <laughs>
0: not,
1: <laughs> not a Jack of, uh, <laughs> style salary cut. You, you take me down from three dollars to dollar and, ve- <laughs> and very tough
0: behavioural clauses too.
2: <laughs> but John, uh, look, you're a great contributor to this show. We love having you on. You have your finger on the pulse. Everything across the AFL, we can ask you any question and you cover it so professionally. We love having you a part of our show. We look forward to season 2023.
1: Thanks, boys. I love it. And if there is a salary, um, just take a couple of dollars from Tim Hodges' Monday contract, <laughs> fold it into mine. I'll uh, we'll do. Sure Tim won't be, uh, I'll see him at the drinks. We'll work it out today and we'll come back to you with an agreement.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we just heard uh, our producer, James Clark, said that. Uh, Tim's now an unrestricted free agent, so there's (laughs) some work to be done.
1: (laughs) Fantastic, guys. Thank you, John. Had a lot of
2: fun. Thanks, John. There he is, John Ralph.